Hey, this is Steve Balton, and you are here for the most entertaining edition of My Turning Point. Maybe the most entertaining podcast you will ever hear. And I don't say that because of me. I say that because you're going to sit back and listen to Liam Gallagher talk about fucking tofu, rock stardom, and a lot else for the next half hour. Enjoy. Yeah, thanks for being here. Thanks for doing this. Yeah, man. So what I do with everyone as, as we do the show lately, what I've been doing is starting with everyone, and it's really fascinating, and I'll tell you why I do this in a second. Everyone, whether it's been Robbie Robertson, Joe Elliott, uh, you know, Dead Mouse, they pick a turning point moment in their life, right. and we jump off there. Okay. So, so for you, what would be one turning point moment in your life? Turning point moment for me, I guess. Yeah, I guess it'd have to be musical. Right? Does it have to be musical? No, it doesn't have to be. Right, some well, people have I, gone. I, some well, people have gone very personal as well. All right. Well, I think for me, oh, personal. Well, let me think back to when I was like born. Right. I guess maybe me, me, my mum and dad splitting up, but then I soon got over that because my mum was fucking great. So I wouldn't say that was a big shake up. First thing for me was obviously joining the band. You know what I mean? And going to see the Stone Roses in Manchester. That was the thing that, before that, I had no direction. I was like playing football, smoking, drinking, not asked about, you know, music really. Didn't think I was going to be a footballer because I thought, oh, fuck it, I prefer <laughs> no, I mean, I could be good, could be good in that, but um, I don't know if I've got the stamina for it and the dedication. And then I went to see the Stone Roses and I seen these lads on the stage that dressed like us and they were playing good music. And I thought, that, that, that seems like more of a good job for me because I'm sure I'll be able to carry on taking drugs and drinking <laughs> if I do that, you know what I mean? We're playing football, I have to get fit and not, not into that. So that would be the turning point. And then I went home and decided I was going to be in a band. And then uh, I let my brother Noel join the band and off we went, off we set sail and that. So I'd say that was a turning point. You know, it's interesting about that, a couple of things. The one thing that cracks me up about, I was just reading the interview you did with Billboard not long ago. Oh, yeah. And, and one of the things you talk about is that, you know, people wanted to, you know, will ask you about, you know, if they still expect you to have the hedonistic lifestyle mm. and people will come up to you and they'll ask you for a beer, ask oh, yeah. you for a shot. Yeah. And it's like, it's funny because you said one of the reasons you joined music was because you didn't want to have to be fit. And yeah. yet it sounds like now you prefer that lifestyle. Well, no, you've got to take everything in moderation, don't you? You know what I mean? I do like to get out and run every now and again. But then I also like to go and spend my days in a pub and get absolutely fucking leathered and smoke till the cows come home. I don't smoke weed, I smoke, you know, and all that. And then if, you know, every now and again, if there's a passing train through, I might jump on it. The groovy train, as they say in that. <laughs> but then I don't stay on it too long because, you know, it, these hangovers take too too long, you know what I mean? But yeah, I'm still partying and that, but I'm certainly not doing it like 48 hours and shit, you know what I mean? I sort of know when I, that, that voice that used to be very quiet in the 90s that would go, go to bed. <laughs> It's kind of pretty loud now. It's all I saw, and I just go, "You what?" And I go, "Go to bed." <laughs> the voice now that tells me to go to bed, I can hear it a lot easier. You know, I'm mean? a lot clearer. It sort of just goes, "Go to bed," and I go, "Okay." You know See, I mean? it's funny though. Was there was there a turning point? Which is a shame because I thought I'd have got a lot more deafer as I got older. <laughs> but I haven't. My hearing's got a lot fucking better, which is a fucking shame. Well, I'm rock and roll. That's unusual. I mean, it, it could have gone the other way, man. It is you unusual, gone, yeah. Well, look, you're doing these shows with The Who. Yeah. Look at Pete Townsend, man. So, I mean, you Dudes, know. man. I'm buzzing to play with them, man. It's fucking been amazing. <laughs> amazing. I can't believe that they sing and they play for two and a half hours and it's like, that's... I mean, not that I would want to if I could because I think it's a bit long. Anyone playing for fucking two and a half hours is mental. 
think the perfect hour for the gig for me is an hour and 15 minutes, 30 minutes, it, it, and that's me pushing it, an hour, perfect. But yeah, fair play to them that they still feel that, they still that they can do it, you know what I mean? Well, it's interesting though because you have. To, well, we're going to come back to this in a second because I was going to ask you about. It's funny in turning point moments because you know I think you and I are probably close in age. Oh, I come on, how old are you? Fifty. How old are you? Forty-seven. Yeah, so we're close. close yeah. Years, so there, there is a moment where you realize that those hangovers take longer to cure, and oh. all of a sudden you're just like, "When the fuck did this happen?" I'll tell you when it happened. When I was thirty-three, it happened. When it, I fucking remember it. I remember it. It happened. I was just like, ah, I used to get up in the morning and go, like, ah, I'm going to the fucking pub right now, at eleven o'clock, and now, and I go in there, and about thirty three it was, or maybe thirty seven. I think it was thirty three. I just went. No, it was thirty seven. Actually, I just went. Fuck, I'm going to fucking pub. I'm going to stay in bed all day. That's when it happened. Yeah, it's a bastard. But what's interesting about it? Do you find it's funny? Because I was reading in the Billboard article as well, talked about the fact that you feel like you're happier now that you've been at any point. Do you yeah. find with that you're also appreciating music more? Yeah, man. I mean, uh, I mean, obviously, you, uh, I appreciate the lifestyle of this rock and roll business, without a doubt, because that's that's important to appreciate. I don't. I never want to be. I never want to just do music and just you know. I think there's two different things in it. There's, there's rock and roll stars and there's musicians. I know loads of musicians that ain't rock and roll stars, and I never want to be. I would never want to be that. You know what I mean? I, I've got. I think I've got a good balance. You know what I mean? I'm the rock and roll star side of it is very important to me, you know what I mean? As much as just sitting down and writing a fucking song, you know what I mean? I'm asked if I never wrote another fucking song, I get someone else to write it and I'll sing it, you know what I mean? So it is important that I, I do exactly what it says on the tin as much as I can, you know what I mean? Yeah, but that's interesting. I never want to become a fucking muso where you just go out on stage and go, oh, what, have you, what have you done? Oh, I've just, you know, just about, I've been at home fucking eating tofu, you know what I mean? And drinking <laughs> fucking... Drinking apple cider vinegar and I'm gonna play you like songs for two hours now. That bores the shit out of me. You've got to still, you've got to still mean it, man. But it's interesting because you say that, but at the same time, you can hear in "Why Me, Why Not," which is a great record. Yeah. There is some, like, there's still that passion there. There's still that fire. Oh no, I well, like, listen, I adore music. Like I said, if you can get the balance right, there's no point. Like, there's no point of being a rock and roll star if you ain't got any music either. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> then you just, you're just dreaming, aren't you? So it is nice to get a balance, but yeah, the lifestyle is equally as important as the music, where I know a lot of people go, fuck the lifestyle, it's all about the music. Well, it ain't for me. All right, so when you, it's funny, when you look back on now, and you and I talked about this years ago for Rolling Stone and uh, about John Lennon, for you, who were those artists that, that had the perfect balance of the lifestyle and the music, those people who you look at as sort of being the... the Keith Moon. He, he fucking, he knew how to play the drums and he knew how to party. You know what I mean? John Lennon wasn't much of a party man, you know what no. I mean? Like he, was, he sort of chilled towards the end of the... And I'm sure it will happen, you know what I mean? But you won't catch me baking, making fucking bread at any point, you know what I mean? <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, I think, you know, listen, man, I'm lucky to still be here, but... And obviously Keith Moon's dead and that, but like, I think Keith Moon had it. He loved playing them drums, man, and he played them well, you know what I mean? And But he went out and partied as well. Yeah, well, there's something about the drummer, man. Look at, I mean, John Bonham as well. John Bonham as well, you know what I mean? So, yeah, as long as you can get on... As long as you can get on stage and move some people and that, you know what I mean, and do your thing and that, and then you, you know it's good. I'd, I'd fucking, I'd hate to be AA. I'd hate it. The thought of having to go on stage and just be stone cold sober. I mean, I don't drink when I go on stage anyway. But imagine having to live that lifestyle. But AA, fucking hell, just shoot me now. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, would, I couldn't handle it. I'd have to get another job, like maybe a florist or something that would go with my non-drinking. 
florist. Interesting. Okay, yeah. so is that what you'd be doing if you weren't? Uh, maybe, yeah. Well, yeah, if someone turned around to me and said, you can't drink anymore, or you can't smoke, or you can't fuck about anymore, there's no point of being a rock and roll. There's no fucking point, man. You're just faking it. Might as well just go and be a librarian or something, or go and make tofu. <laughs> I'm not sure now. I don't know. Which, uh, florist, O'Brien, tofu maker, which of the three well, do you think you'd most likely be? Maybe maybe I'll just be greedy and do all three. Okay. Yeah, you get to be a florist and librarian and then do make tofu just yeah. for fun. Yeah. Yeah. Or it, a tattooist that does tofu tattoos and, yeah, in a but, flowery kind of way. <laughs> but it is interesting. I mean, I, you know, on this record, you work with Greg Kirsten, right? Yeah. Again, amazing, man. I've got a great studio and he's very quick. Him and Andrew know what they're doing. So, and they've got, they work together well and, I come in and do my bit and then um, before you know it we've got a record so we put out two records in two years and I think that's pretty good going man well, under, yeah. under two years I think so a lot of people always go you know if it was down to me writing the songs it wouldn't happen you know what I mean I need a bit of help which I'm fine with you know what I mean because it allows for the music to be better and um, we can get on the road you know what I mean it's about getting back out on the road and playing to the people so you're doing these dates with The Who now what's coming up? we're doing the gigs with The Who and then we go back, have a week off, and then we go straight into the UK tour, an arena tour in Ireland. And then we go another week off after that, and then we go to Australia, do some festivals, and we come back, and we got Christmas. And then maybe some festivals. And then maybe get out here and do some headline shows next year, but just working out what size, you know what I mean? It's interesting, because you say that for you, it's all about getting back out on the road. Yeah, man. So for this album, then, were there particular songs, or are there particular songs maybe that you haven't done yet, that you're really excited to do live and see how they translate to the stage? Yeah, well, we've done a bit of rehearsing in that one before we come out. So we've got, we've rehearsed, we've done Shockwaves, we've done once, we've done, we've done, uh, what's the other one called? The River. We've got a few more we're going to do. We're not going to play the whole album back in England. We'll play about five or six, maybe, and six off the new, the other one. And then maybe 10 Oasis songs. We've got to give the people what they want, you know what I mean? So it's a good mix, man. But yeah, we've rehearsed a few up. Yeah, one of the ones I really love was Be Still. That was one that jumped yeah. out of me. Yeah, we haven't rehearsed that one yet, though. No. <laughs> but everyone seemed to like it, so we, yeah, we'll get that one on the go. And All Right Now and Meadows, I like Meadows' tune. But, you know, it's such an interesting thing, because when you bring these songs to the stage, right, mm. the audience will now, especially more than ever, like, again, as I talk about with artists all the time, right, you think about when Oasis started, mm. right? You know, there's a fucking label, the label pushes out the single, and it tells the audience, this is the song you're going to love. Right. Now... The minute an album comes out, shits up on YouTube, and the audience decides, like you say, everyone loves Be Still, that yeah. you haven't rehearsed that one yeah, yet. Yeah, yeah. So are there songs that you've been particularly surprised or pleasantly surprised to see how much an audience gravitates to them? Yeah, no, well, that's the beauty of it, isn't it, of the social media now, you know what I mean? Like, you know, at the end of the day, it's like, you know, they're the ones who are buying your tickets, you know what I mean? They're the ones who are buying the records, so you don't want to be playing songs that they don't like, you know what I mean? So you want everyone to have a good time, and. I don't get that, them artists, or people who go on stage and play their obscure hits and that, and everyone stood there fucking snoring. I just don't see the point. So yeah, it is good that you can get a gauge on it. You can go, oh, I wasn't, I wasn't thinking of playing that one. No, I will. Like, be still. So hopefully right. you have that one rehearsed right. by there you the go. 2020. There you go. Yeah. There you go, you know what I mean? So, and then you and you find out the ones that people are not really loving, you know what I mean? That you, that you kind of like, and you sort of think, well... Who's the most important person? Is it me or is it you or is it the fans? And I, to me, at the end of the day, I think, I think you know, at the end of the day, it is the people that are coming to see. You know what I mean? Like I can't be getting up there and playing songs that I want to play. They're not going to jump around. So they are. You got you've got to play what they want, man. 
Well, certainly I've where's seen... You, now, where's you, when you're 20 years of age and you've got a bag of chips on your shoulder, <laughs> you do what you fucking want, don't you? You know what I mean? And people sort of go with the flow and that, but as you get to 47 and that, and you, you know, you're lucky to still be here doing it, so I think it's time to drop the, drop the attitude and play what the people want. Well, it's interesting, because I was going to say, when you look at The Who, for example, right? Yeah. You know, there's a band who goes up there and they do fucking two and a half hours of hits. It's funny because you say two and a half hours is long, I but for a so. band like that though, yeah. it's almost hard. Yeah. You know, oh, no, to, I know. Yeah, to, to pick. Yeah, to, yeah. You feel like you're, you know, you know, you feel like you're dropping one of your kids out and that. So, so are there artists for you that you really admire for their stage show and the way they handle that and that you look the Stones and the Who and all that? I know. Listen, I'd love to be able to sing for two and a half hours, but I just couldn't do it, man. I mean, I, I don't know, and I, I don't know. For me, listen. I think a lot of the old the old brigade and that that's what they did didn't they you know what I mean they've got good stamina so fair play to them I think a lot of the young the younger people that come later it wasn't about being on there for a long time it was about just getting on there and making a fucking statement you know what I mean say the pistols and stuff you know what I mean and the bands that I went the Stone Roses they'd only play for an hour you know what I mean so for me and for me even like the Beatles if they were to get back together I don't know for me and I think People start losing interest, no matter how many good your songs are. I think an hour, an hour and a half at the most, you know what I mean, is the perfect time. But if it was down to me, I'd be doing an hour gig, smashing grab man and get the fuck out of there, and even wanting more. That's interesting though, that you say making a statement, because it's funny. I mean, obviously with Oasis, you made a statement. The second solo album, you know, what is the statement you want people to take from the show and the album now? Uh, I don't know, man. I mean, I've, listen, I've done everything that I've come to do, you know what I mean? I was, you know, Oasis was my... It's the thing, you know what I mean? So now I just want to just sing well, do a good gig, you know what I mean? And sort of want them to have a good time as much as me, you know what I mean? Like, there's no big, I've got no big, big idea where I'm meant to be, you know what I mean? I just want to keep, I just want to keep making music, man, for as long as I can, you know what I mean? I've got, I've done everything, I've done everything I kind of wanted to do, you know what I mean? It's funny though, because I think, as I talk about with artists all the time, when you're in the midst of it, you don't have the appreciation, you don't have the perspective. So was there a moment oh, where yeah. you realised that you, oh shit, I've done everything I wanted to do? Well, no, well, and I think when I weren't making music for four years because I'd spilt a lot of milk on my personal level, personal life, I missed it fucking, like, sh loads, you know what I mean? I was like, ah, how the fuck am I going to get back up on this stage and sing these songs that, you know, hopefully people still want to hear my voice and that. And then, so I had to go and do this solo thing and then I did it and it worked out well. And um, so, yeah, I'm just glad that people still want to hear me sing or shout or scream or whatever it is I do. See, that's so interesting, too, because I've talked about this with, uh, you know, so how old were you when you saw Stone Roses? I was about, I was 16. Okay. It's interesting. The reason I bring that up, it's funny. I talk about this with so many people. And it's funny because I, where my mum my mom and dad met in the same dance hall where I had my epiphany, you know what I mean? <laughs> it just didn't work out well for them, but it worked out well for me. Yeah. There's something in the air. Interesting. But why, the reason I asked about Stone Roses, right, it's funny because, so you saw that when you were 16. Yeah. You have no fucking idea what you want to do with your life. No way. Right, so you, then you decide on music. But what's interesting is because you become a different person at 30. You become a different person at 25, a different mm. person at 35, at 40, all that mm. shit, right? Mm, yeah. And the reason so I asked, so, so, so it's interesting so because you had to, at some point you had to recommit to music. So was it that four year period where you realized, oh shit, this is really like when you miss it. Yeah, well it's, yeah, it was missing it and it was like, fucking hell, it's the only thing I can actually do or I'm <laughs> half good at, you know what I mean? So it was like, I need to get back in there, you know what I mean? And I've got to eat a bit of humble pie, which is fine, you know what I mean? And I've got to sort of just, just, you know, get rid of, get rid of a few chips off my shoulder because I had a bag of them. 
through my 20s, which is fine because everyone else does, you know what I mean? But as you get into your 40s and that, you know what I mean? And you haven't got a band, you know what I mean? You're sort of thinking, I need to fucking, I need to sort of just chill the fuck out a bit and get back in. But it's all good, man. I'm buzzing to be back on the stage singing songs. So it doesn't matter how you get there. But it's such an interesting thing because as you're talking about that with the, you know, sort of chilling out and, and getting the chips off your shoulder at the same time, you know, when you're talking about the rock and roll lifestyle, I do think part of the rock and roll lifestyle is that swagger. Yeah, man. You know, so you have totally. to have that, that. Oh, I've got loads of that. Oh, I've got fucking shit loads of that. I'd win medals for that. Uh, I, yeah. I agree. I will say oh, that. So, so if, it was about, if it was about swagger, I'd be fucking number one in every country. But so like, how do, how no do you one... strike that balance of making sure you chill out, but at the same time not losing that swagger? Uh, oh no, when it's when it's time when it's time to go on that stage, when it's time to when I do chill out, I've got my kids here, I've been chilling out, and I, you know if you can't if you're walking around the house thinking you're rock star in front of your kids, that you're just dad to them, you know what I mean? But like as soon as it gets to doing stuff like this and it gets to like going on stage, then it it comes very easy. One thing that's interesting too is, is it's funny. I mean, you mentioned that you'll do about 10 Oasis songs, give the people what they want. Mm. You know, again, you talk about who you were in your 20s mm. and who you are at 47. It's a very different person. So yeah, are- but not, not, I don't, I, I disagree, man. I don't think I'm that different, man. I still wear the same fucking clothes. They might be a little, they might be a few inches bigger. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? And that, or baggier than that. But uh, I think I'm pretty much the same, man. I mean, Obviously, the lifestyle slowed down a touch. You know, I mean, I've changed gear a little bit, but I still think I'm fucking close to the, close, pretty close to who I was back in the twenties. But don't you? Wouldn't you imagine? Especially, I would imagine being a dad and everything. Yeah. That the things that matter to you more have changed a great deal. Oh no, the most important thing is family, man. Isn't it? You know, what I mean, once you've got that, once you've got a good balance with that, I think everything else is a fucking treat, man. Everything else is, everything else is a, you know, everything else is just a treat. You know what I mean? So. The family life is kind of, kind of got it in a good place, you know what I mean? So with that, what I was getting at, it's interesting. Are there Oasis songs now or, you know, stuff from your past? Or sometimes it happens as a fan too. There'll be songs that you heard when you're 15 years old and then you go back and hear them when you're 35 and you're like, oh shit, I missed that, but this is like the coolest song now. Yeah. But for you as a writer, yeah. are there Oasis songs that you particularly enjoy revisiting or that you have a different appreciation for? Or maybe the meanings even change a little bit for you. Yeah, uh, well, we've have, we have been going back and doing a few of the old ones, but no, nah, not really, man. I've always, I've always had the utmost respect for them songs, man. And they always meant, everything to me and like they still mean the exact same as what they meant back then you know what I mean I put my heart and soul into singing them so I've never I never went at them lightly you know what I mean so but it is nice to go back to them and go and still feel that you can still sing them you know what I mean and once you get it out of the way you go oh that, I can still do that tune you know what I mean that's good but I've always I've always had the utmost respect for them songs but are there ones that you particularly enjoy doing? I like doing rock and roll style never, I would never leave home without that that one I like doing, I like Morning Glory, I like Slide Away, Columbia, I like Live Forever, Champagne Supernova, Castor, all of them, man. I like them all, man. It's an interesting thing too, and, and we'll wrap up in a minute, but it's it's just fascinating because, you know, I think, as I mentioned, it's hard when you're in the midst of something to get that perspective. You are right, yeah, because it's, it's just, it's a bubble, isn't it? You know what I mean? You don't, well, you don't know whether you're enjoying it or not, you're just fucking doing it because you've been sent to do it. But then when you look back at it, you think, I wish I, I, wish I could have enjoyed it a little bit more or, had a bit more respect for it, but I do think I, I did respect it, man. But it's funny, when you, can you step back now and see, because again, especially when you talk about the bubble, Oasis was so fucking massive. It was, it, yeah, but it was only big in England, man, really. It wasn't that fucking big. That's why I've got the ump about it. And I mean, people go, 
People turn around to me and go, oh, Oasis, we're the biggest band in the world. Fucking Coldplay are bigger than us out here. Muse are bigger than us out here. Fucking 1975 are bigger. We had a lot more work to do. We're the biggest fucking thing since sliced bread in England. Even Europe, we weren't the biggest band out of England. You know what I mean? So we meant a lot more, I guess, to what... We were, listen, we don't. We had it. We were the biggest thing in England for a long time. But we weren't. We weren't nowhere. We, we had a lot more work to do as a band worldwide to be walking around thinking you're the biggest band in the world. You know what I mean? There's bigger bands in England that are bigger outside of England than us. Muse fucking play stadiums in Italy. We we never played stadiums in Italy. We played arenas. We just said that we were the biggest band <laughs> in the world. A lot of people sort of believed us, but we weren't looking back at it. So that hence why I'm saying our kids sit there and goes, oh no. We done what we were came to fucking do, did we? Fuck, we couldn't have been the biggest, and we weren't. So shame on him. Yeah, but at the same time, I mean, it's funny. I was looking I at think, this. I way. think I think a lot of the things that people think, I think, with Oasis wasn't just whether we were big. We were, we were big characters as well that travelled as well. You know what I mean? That travelled well and the look and all that sort of. So I think that that is a lot of the thing that's missing. You know, we a lot of people in England. You know, no one's walking around in England dressed like Chris Martin. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. No one was walking around England dressed like, you know, a lot of these bat muse and that, you know what I mean? We had a look as well that went big, but we, we weren't the biggest band in the world. We were far from it. And that gives me the fucking rage to say. It's interesting. Could you have admitted that 20 years ago, though? I would never have admitted it 20 years ago, but I knew it. I knew it as well, deep down, that we were, we, I knew it, that we had to do, we had to, we had to keep making great records and we had to put the groundwork in, of course. It's funny when you... I would have admitted it, no, but... I knew it in my I knew it in my head. But it's interesting when you look back on it now. Then do you feel like it? It's because get yeah, you're in a happy place. You're making music. Mate, I'm in a happy place. My kids are cool. I'm cool. Making you know selling out big gigs in England, supporting my childhood hero bands and stuff like that. All is good. You know what I mean? I'm not after being big, 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 big. You know what I mean? I'm not after that now. This is a totally different thing. I'm just happy just to keep singing songs and I've made good records. You know what I mean? And if it happens, it happens. But it's happening. Know what I mean? Yeah, it's funny because I, I I think for a lot of people, the ego becomes. It's funny. I've talked about this as someone who's interviewed every fucking musician in the yeah, world. Yeah. It's never about the money. Yeah. It's about the fucking ego. And yeah. one of the worst shows I ever saw in my life yeah. was the Police Reunion Tour. Oh, right. And it's funny because I like all of them as people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you could see they hated each other. Yeah, yeah. They were sixty feet from yeah. each other, oh, but they right. wanted to do stadiums again. Yeah, all right. But I think it's it's is it. Oh, I would never do it for the money, man. I've got enough money, man. You know what I mean? That's not about... I, I never did it for the money anyway. In a way, so Oasis was getting out of Manchester, going seeing the world, having fun, taking drugs and fucking having a crack. You know what I mean? It was never about the money. I only did it for money because I knew there was some other cunt who was taking 20% and he was making <laughs> money. If you stop debate, if you stop taking our money, we'll all do it for nothing. So if you get into getting Oasis back like this, oh yeah, I'd much prefer to be a brother with my brother than to go around soaring with him hating each other and just cuts in the coin. You know what I mean? That's right. Not, that's, I wouldn't do that. Fuck that. But you've said that it's never going to happen, so. He said it's never going to happen. We've said it, it might happen. I don't care if it happens or not. If it happens, it happens. It'd be nice. My mum would like to see us on stage again. It's not about the money, but I'm quite happy doing my thing. People are coming to my gigs in England and it's going off and they're leaving like it's an Oasis gig and it's, there's people jumping up and down, fucking smashing bottles on each other and setting fire to each other and it's fucking, it's a raucous thing. So I'm getting my kicks that way. You know what I mean? Dude, and not only that, I heard you had to tell the crowd in LA to calm down because people were too excited. I was being a bit facetious. I was, I was winding. I was, I was, I was getting. I was, I was English sarcasm for you. So, what do you want people to take from this record when they hear it? What's, what's the best? Good songs, man. Good vocals. Good songs. It's a good record. We're not curing cancer. 
This is good fucking music. Sit back, relax, like it, listen to it, turn it off. If you don't like it, fucking wipe your ass with it. Doesn't matter. <laughs> it's all been done, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? But it is some people that it's changing their lives and it makes you know one you know, if it, one song turns someone's day upside down in a nice way, then we're doing the right thing, aren't we? What's the last song that changed your life? Last song that changed my life. Or changed your day. Changed my day. Well, what was my kid listening to today? He was listening to Jane, was it Jane Birkin? Listen to some of that stuff today. That was a nice, to come down to, that was nice. But the last time that changed my life. Nothing recently, man. But I'd say maybe... Yeah, what's the first song that just changed your life? It was the Stone Roses, I Am The Resurrection. That was the one. Then my favourite song to go was Across the Universe by The Beatles. I like that one. Disguises, now that we're listening to The Who and that other bit. Disguises by The Who, Harmony of Seat in the Sky. Loads, man. There's too many, too many in there. Is there one song as a writer, though, you wish you had written? Imagine. A beautiful song. I know it's been hammered and all that, and it's like everyone goes, oh, well, yeah, you... It, that's the fucking... That is, a, that is an absolute... I mean, there's loads, but the one for me is, imagine, the words... It's just... It's a showstopper, man, isn't it? That's interesting. I would not have guessed that. I've heard a lot of people say that. I wouldn't have guessed that from you because it's such a, I mean, honestly, it's such an idealistic dreamer song. Yeah, but I'm, I'm, I'm a dreamer though as well, man. I'm, I'm into, well, I'm into, I, all that stuff that he's into, I'm into, man. That's, that's, that's the way it is. It's just, it's just part of the chain, isn't it? Yeah. Who's the greatest rock star who ever lived to you? The greatest rock star. The person who embodied the lifestyle the best. The person who just... Oh, Keith Moon, man, for me, man. I think Keith Moon... Keith Richards. Um, who else is there? I mean, Bowie was fucking cool. The Pistols, man. They they come and conquered, you know what I mean? And nipped in and nipped out and, you know. Uh, yeah, man, no one touched the Pistols when they were at Bowie, you know what I mean? They were like, they just come and destroyed, didn't they, you know what I mean? But yeah, Jim Morrison, I got, I love Jim Morrison. But I, I'd go Keith Moon, man. Well, we're out here with a who, you know what I mean? He was cool, he was smashing shit up, and he, you know, honey, he was getting the, he was fucking getting off his box, and he looked cool, and yeah, man. If I couldn't have, been, if I couldn't have ever been a singer, I'd have been a drummer. Guitar, that like fucking guitar playing, is too fucking complicated. <laughs> fucking, fucking smash his bit of shit up. I'd have loved to have been a drummer, yeah. Do you play drums? No, no, no. My kid does. He's good. He's playing with me at the moment out here, and the who he's sixteen, he's eighteen. And he's coming out and playing double drums on the river. Nice. Yeah, he's good. So, yeah. That's got to be something that's really special for yeah, you. Yeah, no, it's nice, man. It's nice. And then he wants paying, doesn't he? <laughs> Which is not so nice. <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah, man. Come on. But, cool. Uh, he's good, man. So it's all good. Thank you, man. Yeah, pleasure Take as care. always, dude. Take care, man, man. Thanks. Hey, this is Steve Balton. You have been listening to my turning point. I have nothing I can add to the brilliance that is Liam Gallagher. Hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. All roads lead to adventure. The Granite State isn't only home to New England's tallest peaks, 
You'll also find epic coastal views and charming towns perfect to explore on a summer trip. Whether you're seeking the adrenaline rush that comes from kayaking rapids or the peaceful chill that comes from enjoying a cocktail on the porch of a classic B&B, there's something for everyone in New Hampshire. For more summer inspiration, go to visitnh.gov. That's visitnh.gov. Discover your new. It takes a lot of ingredients to fix or build a car, like cooking, but without the frozen dinner, easy way out ebay motors has 122 million parts it's always the right fitment so you can follow any recipe to a t whether it's a vintage italian coupe that's classic like grandma's meatballs or a german luxury car that's as complicated as almost roulade to cook up something great in the garage use the ebay motors app or visit ebaymotors.com let's ride it's nfl draft season and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 